Welcome to the Sexy Selfish Podcast Series. I'm your host, Shona Gates. I'm a women's life coach, success strategist, and a self-proclaimed badass. And I'm here to help you rediscover your authentic self, stop delaying your happiness, and step into your truth. This podcast has been created to connect, inspire, and nurture mums who want more. Are you ready? Okay, so today's episode of the podcast is a little bit of a special one, and I am going to, before we dive in, just preface what this is about, because it's a little bit different to my normal solo podcast episodes. This episode today is featuring an incredible guest speaker who did a live masterclass training on her topic of expertise in our Badass and Bulletproof Mastermind. So this podcast episode has been pulled directly from one of those guest sessions within the mastermind that went live, you know, between 2021-2022. So just to let you know, that's why this one sounds a little bit different. It's very much more of that conversation piece and you may actually hear some conversations back and forth with the mastermind participants and some questions that they've asked in there as well. But own their heart like our home in our little area. So it feels like there's always someone moving out or moving in and there's moving trucks and packing and gardeners and land. Like it feels just like that's happening all the time yeah I recorded an app the other day with someone um in Egypt actually and the noise was going on but she's like oh I can't hear it too badly and I was like okay well let's just keep going because she was really hard to lock in a time and like both suitable because she's eight hours behind us and yeah I got the recording and I was like oh no all I can hear is banging through the whole one hour I'm gonna have to do it again oh, isn't that horrific I did an interview that where the, the girl's ceiling fan was like click 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 the whole time she couldn't hear it but I'm on the other end going like this is definitely going to show up in the audio and it 100% did. Yeah. yeah so hanging out so in the different. car today. All right. I'm, I'm on Facebook. Everyone's jumping on and in and out and on and off. And you know what it's like with motherhood. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so hi, everyone in the elite. We are here today chatting with Carissa from Inside Out with Chris. I know I've been like prepping you guys. You've seen everything all this week. We've been sharing a little bit about what she does. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to be hanging out with you this morning. Do you want to come on and share a little bit about how you got to where you are today. Sure. Well, thank you so much for having me. I've been so pumped for this chat. I know last time we talked, I was on a bit of a high vibes and energy was flowing last time we had a conversation together. So I've been looking forward to it. Um, Well, I'm Chris. I have four kids. Two of those are stepdaughters um, that we have 50% of the time and two of my own children. They are three and two. So very tricky ages, as everyone can probably imagine. (laughs) And the fun ages. Yes, it's, it's definitely a season that we're in right now. Um, and my stepdaughters are 11 and 10. So again, preteen, super, super fun ages to be dealing with. (laughs) So that has occupied quite a lot of my time the last three to five years. Um, I have basically been a stay at home mum, but always, always worked my entire, entire life since I was 13. I would leave school early, like get mum to write me notes to leave school early so I could go and work and earn money. That was my main priority. And it's what made me feel purpose-filled and successful. Um, so when I became a mum, that really shifted in terms of feeling 
feeling like I was failing, feeling like I wasn't achieving, feeling like I, and, you know, this was a story that I cultivated for myself, but feeling overwhelmed with the story of motherhood on how that's supposed to look and how I was supposed to show up. So the last three and a half years, um, I have created my podcast where I talk about mental health, motherhood, whatever topic you want to talk about, I'm going to be here to facilitate that. Um, Bringing awareness to really important conversations is basically my goal and to bring support and empowerment to at least one person an episode. And that is all I set out to achieve on that. And I do believe that I've done that. So I'm really, really proud of that. And I love my podcast. Um, It's kept me much busier than I anticipated. The work behind the scenes of, you know, it's not just putting your camera on or switching on a mic and going for it. There's so much more involved in the back end. Um, So I'm enjoying that. Um, We have two businesses here in Newcastle, a shipping container company, as well as a product in decking. So both of those, um, they're about four or five year old brands now, and they are going both really, really well. Um, My husband mainly operates that side of things, um, but I come in and out of that as well. Um, I have just finished my NLP practitioner training. So I did, I'm now a qualified NLP practitioner. And I, next week on Wednesday, I fly off to the Gold Coast for three weeks on my own to do my master's in NLP. So that is, um, yeah, incredible. Oh, good. I'm like excited for you to do your master's in NLP, but I'm also like three weeks kid free. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the feelings are coming up at the moment of, of, you know, can I do this? How can I do this to them? All the stories, you know, but I think it's really important to model that I can do something for myself and not have any shame or guilt around that. And I think that's something that I have previously resisted, but now I'm just like, no, this is important and I want to do it and I deserve to do it. Yeah. And thank God for FaceTime makes it so much easier. Right. (laughs) So your main gig is the podcast and obviously, you know, supporting the other businesses that your family has. So what is inside out as Chris that is that sorry, inside out with Chris. My son's left his phone home and it's just buzzing that desk the whole time. (laughs) Turn his phone off. He shouldn't be getting texts anyway in school. Mm -hmm. Ah. Um, So tell us more about what, so that's mainly the podcast and some forms of coaching and because I know there's some wellness stuff happening as well for you. So what does that brand look like overall? Yeah, so the brand's going through a little bit of an overhaul at the moment. I've got some really big plans that I'm going to be bringing forward for 2023. Um, lots of work to do between now and then. But basically, the, the the wellness side of things, I wanted to create something that I wanted, something that I've really struggled with is wellness burnout. So I have gone through every fad diet thing that you can possibly imagine over the last decade. And every single thing failed. Nothing was sustainable. Every time I'd feel like I was falling off this bandwagon of health and then I would feel unsuccessful and unfulfilled in my personal goals and, you know, with my relationship with my body and my relationship with my food. So I created a little program for myself and then ended up popping out on Instagram. I was like, hey, who wants to do this 21-day reset challenge thing with me? Um, and I was just, it was overwhelming with the response of women that wanted to jump in and do it with me. So at the moment, I think I've got 140 people in that wellness reset group on Facebook. Um, and I run every couple of months, a 21 day wellness reset course or program. Um, I probably shouldn't have used the word challenge before. I don't like the the notion of challenge or what that actually is associated with. I prefer like a program because the whole purpose behind it was to be sustainable, simple, and so, so simple that you can integrate it into any life and also noticing I really wanted women to see what their life looked like and how they could integrate each of the modalities so we've got um, things like 
self-love challenges, um, daily self-love challenges, journal prompting, mindfulness practices, meditation, breath, breath work, all the things that I know I thrive when I'm consistently doing, but noticing how that looks for your life. So if it's not, <clears throat> not putting the pressure on yourself, hey, I have to do this breath work, it's 15 minutes, just a few deep breaths in the shower that morning, if that's all you've got the capacity for. That's, that's still breathing. That's still achieving. That's still resetting, you know, your nervous system and making yourself feel calm and, and present with that morning. Um, and yeah, so that's, that's the wellness reset group that I have at the moment, but I am looking at, yeah, expanding that in a really big way in the next 12 months. That's awesome. I see a little bit of it because I'm obviously like following your social <clears> media and it looks really, really healthy, a healthy yeah. way to integrate these things. Oh my God, now the messages are coming in on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> um, look, yeah, it definitely is, but it's about balance for me. It's one of the self-love self challenges in the 21-day challenge, sorry, 21-day program, um, is a red wine in the middle of the day in the bath, closing the door, whatever's going on. Yeah, I on. can do that. Like, I, Yeah, like, and every woman would be excited about that, and it's about reintroducing things, playful things, things that are fun, because I think that w over time and the social constructs and expectation on women with you know, hair, makeup, all that sort of thing. We think getting our eyebrows done is is self-love and it's not. It's yeah. just keeping up with social standards. I've got <laughs> friends that are like in the supermarket and they're like pushing their trolley and they're like, no kids, hashtag like self-care or my time or a treat. And I'm like, that should mm -hmm. not be a definition of a relaxing experience is just going to get the food shopping done by yourself. That's yeah. I think a really, really sad indicator of the current state of affairs. Yeah, um, it's a yeah so thank you so much for sharing that with us. So in, in this month in the elite membership, essentially we do the very much the same thing. We want to integrate things slowly, layer the foundations of these new skills we're putting in. So this month we're talking all about daily habits, like those little little moments in your day. And so I train on this all, um, you know, because I believe in the little moments, the little choices mm -hmm. and the little decisions are actually what adds up to make a huge difference when you're trying to create, whether it's health habits or um, you know, nutrition habits or money mindset habits, right? Mm -hmm. So um, when I asked myself who I should reach out to, to do this little section that literally no one else popped into my head and I messaged <laughs> my assistant straight away. I'm like, you have to see if she'll do it because I just thought like we were exactly the same place with the, mm -hmm. I guess, ethic behind what we're teaching and, and what we want to share with people. Yeah. So could you share a little bit about how, what, what powerful daily habits means to you powerful daily habits means for me it's micro habits support macro goals so you aren't going to reach your goals whatever that looks like for you whether that's health goals relationship goals family goals um something like something as simple as teaching my son how to go to the toilet he's three and a half years old he has no interest in it but it's the micro habits for me and him that are going to support that macro goal it's not going to happen overnight unless I am introducing daily practices to remind him and remind myself because it's something that I, I do resist doing I don't want to do it it's annoying he yeah. doesn't want to do it so I don't want to do it but I know it needs to happen and he's only going to do that if I model that behavior to teach him that so micro habits supporting macro goals inclusive of money mindset as well inclusive of emotional well-being um i think that is why it's so powerful for me um and important to integrate every single day no matter what they are you know what i mean yeah i love that micro it's supporting macro girls i think that's really really powerful way 
to look at it that like because sometimes when we do this a lot with our goal setting module the golf is so big and so far away and you've got to do 400 steps to actually get there logistics wise within your business but it really starts with like how do you wake up in the morning is the way that you wake up supporting the the visual of that goal are you already tapping into that so when we talk a lot about morning routines and evening routines being so important like that transition period between waking up and beginning your day, the transitioning out of being, you know, in a mum life moment, the baby goes down for a nap and then we transition into whatever other moment we're doing and evening Mm -hmm. routines as well. Would you be able to share kind of what your morning or evening routine looks like for someone that is kind of quite aware of those micro habits Mm -hmm. and tries to implement as many healthy routines as possible? Yeah, for sure. So for me, um, a long time ago, I was someone that told my, t- that would say out loud, I'm not a morning person. And I repeated this and repeated this affirmation to myself for a very long time um, until time-wise, I had to be a morning person. I had to get up because I started work early. I had to get up, but, uh, you know, if I wanted to go for a walk or do the things I wanted to do, catch up with a friend for coffee, I had to be up early, face on hair. My God, when I was 18, I think it took me three and a half hours to do my hair and makeup, which is an outrage, I know, but I had to be up earlier. So I started reframing that that pattern and that behavior right so that I could, could get up earlier now I a very prime example of this last night um my husband and I it was our three-year anniversary and we didn't get to bed till 10 30 which is quite late for us when you know the babies go to bed at seven we'll sit you know 8 39 o'clock normally we're in bed because I do get up quite early um so that was late for us my daughter Lola too woke up at 11 and she did not go back down until 2 a.m I slept on her bedroom floor with a blanket holding her hand through the cot the entire night and my alarm starts going off at 4 15 now for a lot of people that's not going to work and that's okay but for me when I was like I actually laid there awake from 3 a.m telling myself why I couldn't get up and go to the gym you're too tired you've been on the floor all night your muscles are already sore. You don't have to. No one's going to know this huge story that I created of why I couldn't go. And at 4.15, I went, pull your fucking head in. You're not going to get any more tired if yeah. you go. You're not going to feel worse if you go. So I did. And I showed up for my 5.15 a.m. class. I like to get up and just do some journaling and do some mindfulness things. Like um, there's a 10-minute breath work that I do most mornings with Nicola Lay. I'm not sure if anyone has heard of her or worked with her, but she's my breathworks coach. I've been working with her for 12 months. So I have like a pre-recorded little 10-minute breath breathing session. It's kind of like a meditation, which is really nice just to open the dialogue and, um, yeah, calm the nervous system of a morning. I have a coffee and then I get dressed and I go to the gym. I do my hour. I come home. Um, and then if I can, I would get straight into that shower and I'll have a cold shower at the end. That's not for everyone as well, but it really, really, really supports my energy and just reignites my fire for the morning. Um, it's literally like having a triple shot espresso. That's how it feels. I do the same thing at the end of my nice shower, like what everything's done. And yeah, I'd blast the cold and try and stand under it for at least a minute. It's not yeah. always easy. It was like three degrees here in the brothel this morning. So it was, oh. it was not fun. My husband's like in the bar. I can hear him in the shower doing it going like, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> so it yes, was, it was not very nice. And in summer, it's nice In winter, it's a little bit different, but yeah, I know yeah, exactly yeah, what you mean. It's yeah. a very powerful <laughs> kickstart to your morning. It really is. So I've actually dropped my double shot espresso because I don't need it. Like I was having, you know, multi, uh, six to eight coffees a day, which is ridiculous. I just have a shot of coffee. I don't have anything else with it, but wasn't helping my anxiety. So I was like, something's got to change here. I've got to fix something here. So I started the cold water showers again, and that's been really helpful for that purpose. 
Um, after that, it is go time for the kids. It is just quickly get dressed in whatever I can. It depends if it's a work day or a home day um, with the babies. One of them's usually in daycare and the other one at home because we do swimming lessons and things like that. Again, variable when, when the girls are home and when they're not, we go week on, week off with them. So it depends what they've got on, what I need to prepare for them. But it's I call it my hour of power. Um, and it's just basically me throwing all the children into certain rooms to get them ready for school and daycare and swimming and things, being the, the carry horse to the car and off we go on the day. Um, but it's those little modalities that I have integrated to my morning at the very start, getting up that little bit earlier. You know, I don't, my gym class doesn't start till 5.15. Do I have to be up at 4.15? Absolutely not. But when I do, I get to start my day without rushing, without panicking that I'm going to be late, crawling out of bed and then jumping into a gym session. Like my body's warm. I, my headspace is positive. I'm listening to a podcast on the way or I'm listening to some music. I'm in a good headspace, a good mood. And when I walk out of the gym, I feel so much more energy and those endorphins are flowing. And I bring that forward into my, my household. When I don't get up for the gym of the morning, which traditionally I don't go on Saturdays and Sundays, I have to reframe my thoughts because I've really noticed that I get quite... Um, snappy really quickly I'm you know walking my way to the coffee machine I'm like oh what do the kids want now like straight away I'm not feeling the power that I normally feel because I'm not doing those those um, healthy habits first thing when I wake up yeah because intentions everything and you probably notice this like with, with all your working like because you obviously work out and quite enjoy that that mm-hmm. it made a big difference for me back when I was doing CrossFit the actually intention of like thinking about the muscle group that I was working worked in a completely different way to just doing the exercise without really setting that intention for the muscle group you're focusing on. And so I think mm. that that like applies in your life every day. If you set the intention, you get your energy right at the very beginning, everything else works better. Everything else is more powerful and more potent because the intention is clear. Whereas if you're just playing catch up all day, rolling out of bed at the last minute, yeah. And like, it's not for everyone. I've got some clients that their entire thing is like, fuck the 5am club and a little bit of mine too. Like, I don't do that anymore. But so it's not for everyone. Like, yeah, like- I want to create a business because I like, I'm a night owl. I like staying up to two. I like sleeping into yeah. 10. I need to run my own company so I can make those hours work. Right. So it's not saying there's one or one way that's right, one way that's wrong. So having said that, like when you look at, kind of figuring out these routines because obviously different stages of life you transition through different routines like life now looks a little bit different to when you're too young as a teenager so did you try out a bunch of different systems to find what worked for you or did you just push through this is a thing I get a little bit stuck with people did you just push through until that became your habit regardless of yeah. like if it worked for your life at the point or not so, uh, yeah, exactly what you've said, ebbs and, and flows and seasons of life. And I think it's really important to integrate how your, your practices and your healing modalities or your healthy habits, however your life looks like at that point in time. So I didn't, I, when my son, between zero to 18 months before my daughter was born, I trained at 9.30 every day because that worked for me. I was, my business wasn't running how it was running and I didn't have to be in the office two to three days a week. So I was a stay-at-home mum was doing a podcast recording once or twice a week um, when my son would have a sleep so for me that season I it was easier for me to just not have to get up early um you know also running on 18 months worth of broken sleep so I was more than happy to be staying at home um but it just was like I needed to stop forcing habits that weren't working for the season of life that I was in stop enforcing that on myself because then I was treating my body as punishment I was being like you know I have to go to the gym it's not you have to go I want to go 
I want to go for for the feelings that I have at the end. But if I'm not feeling like I can get up in the morning because I haven't slept for three nights, don't force me myself to do it. Now, now my kids do sleep through more often than not. So I do have that practice where I can just, you know, set my intention and be really powerful with staying accountable to that intention. Um, but yeah, I definitely think yeah, I just think that it's ebbs and flows, seasons of life. You need to integrate what that looks like for you when it looks like that for you, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, give yourself permission to write the rules for you and your family and what works at that time. I think I see a lot of people in the network marketing industry, because that's a large chunk of my audience, that have these like, this is the routine put on you by your supervisor or whatever that you get up and you deliver 500 flyers and then you make 10 phone calls and then you go to the gym and like there's this structure that you're meant to follow and what I see is just women ending up so fucking miserable from following someone else's idea of perfect so I think that's why ethics and integrity is everything to me as well though because and I say it was really refreshing it is really refreshing to see someone within that health and wellness online space but who is truly walking their talk you know you talk about daily habits but you actually show up every fucking day and live in alignment and actually you can see through your social media that you you do what you say you're going to do right yeah is that something that has come really easy to you or is that something that you had to kind of intentionally cultivate and be like okay where am I out of alignment from what I'm teaching my clients I feel like I I have always been a goal setter and for a long time within that cycle of wellness burnout where I was doing every fad and diet under the sun and nothing was sustainable, I was always very unsuccessful with my achievements. Um, and when I stopped trying to compare my life to anyone else's and I, and I started my body image healing journey as well and I started loving myself and wanting to move my body, drink more water, eat nourishing foods, looking at my life from a holistic approach and start looking after myself, I was really able to show up and be intentional with my with my macro goals but really notice how much those micro habits support them um so yeah i think that in particular with the clients that i've been working with they <clears throat> excuse me they they have this idea or these these big dreams and hopes for their future self but they aren't willing to do the work to put in to do it they're not willing to commit they're not willing to do the the work to get there but that's because the work seems overwhelming and the work in the past has unrewarded them because it hasn't worked so I think you really just need to focus on what what works for you what works for your time what works for your business what do you enjoy if you don't like something don't fucking do it that like if you stopped liking CrossFit you don't have to do it no one's going to care if you're not doing it you need to find what's going to make you feel good if you like dancing in kitchen naked then do that once a day you know it doesn't it's it's about what it looks like for you and being really self-aware of that and introducing that to be supporting your macro goals I love that. I love that. I feel like that's just counteracted so much. Like if if more people could hear that, it would counteract this like, you know, that girl on Instagram, that wellness figure that kind of has this perfect life that always does yoga and has a, you know, (laughs) matcha latte in the morning. I feel like that energy is getting really toxic in the Mm. online space. So from coming from a like super fucking real point, not saying that your version is the version for everyone else, but what we talk about in the elite a lot is opening up the transparency in conversations around what does your morning look like? What does your finances look like? What does your relationship look like? And I think the more we share about that type of stuff, we feel a little bit less alone. And we also realize there's so many other options for us to try. 
So Mm. what are your like daily non-negotiable habits for you? For me, it's coming back to the pillars or or the foundations, I suppose, of what what my values are and what health means to me. Um, Those are non-negotiables. So um, for me, it's really simple. Water, good food, movement um, and medicine. And medicine for me is breathing or meditation or it could be, again, a self-love, you know, thing that I bring into my day, like having a red wine in the bath in the middle of the day. What, you know, watching Netflix and being no shame attached, no guilt, just full permission to sit and cruise and watch Netflix because I want to, not because the babies are asleep, not because any other reason is because I can and I choose to. So bringing those powerful little habits into my day are just non-negotiable now, whatever that looks like. I'm on my way to the office. Um, I haven't actually got there this morning yet, but my husband rang me to say that the construction was still going on. And I thought, I've got 10 minutes. I can either go to the car park all the way down there and have to walk up early or I'll, you know, sit in the car there, I'm going to stop and get a coffee. Why? Because I can. Do I, do I need it? Probably not, but I want it, so I'm getting it. Yeah. And I sal- salvage those moments, I think, and I don't apologise for those. I think a past version of me would apologise for bringing in micro moments for myself like that, sitting in the car on Instagram for an hour before you go in after grocery shopping. If I want to do it, I'm going to do it. Don't apologise for it. Yeah, there's this mum at my daycare when I pick up my kids and every day she's there at like 5.30, well, the day that my kids go, and she sits in the car for like maybe half an hour, 40 minutes, because we're there obviously at different times, picking the kids up. And my husband's like, she's she's always there on her phone. And I'm kind of like, wait a minute. No, you don't get to have an opinion. She might have been working all day, been up with the baby all night. And that half an hour in the car, in the daycare car park, is the only time that she's got to read a book, do her accounting, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. You, you know, uh, 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 you put your opinion back in your pocket, mister. Like, mm. <laughs> I'm just like, because oh. you don't count if you don't have a uterus, I'm sorry. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, no, yeah, she's sitting there every month, every day, and I'm just like kind of just want to be like, yeah, fuck yeah, girl, go and get your me yeah. time, even if it is in the daycare car park. I do it all the time. I avoid picking my kids up from daycare until the very last minute. I'm, I used to feel so much shame attached to that, even enrolling them in a fourth day. Um, my daughter's not yet, but I'm in talks of, with my husband of doing that because you know what? I don't play trains. I don't sit on sit on the ground and do crafts. I'm the mum that says, okay, go and watch TV. That's yep. what I do because I don't actually like doing the things that where you're getting down and with you, getting dirty with your kids. Not my thing. I don't like <laughs> I them going out. To- someone else has said that. Yeah, it's not. I will fun. take you Boring. to a play cafe. I will facilitate. I will put yes. your toys outside, but I yeah. ain't sitting down and playing. And then, so my kids are all in play therapy because then they get in a school situation and they're like, they don't. Like, your kids don't know how to play, and I'm like, well, neither do I. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just not interested. Like, why? Why are we putting this pressure on ourselves to to do the things that we don't enjoy? Look, I will be totally present with them reading a book at night, and I'll do. You know, I, I love my kids. I still do things with my kids. I'll take them to the park and I'll do things like that. But I'm, I don't like them going out the back sometimes because it means that I have to clean the dirt when they come inside. Yeah. And so doors locked, no outside today. But the we sun's out. Blower by the back door, door and I'll just like blow them off if they're standing. <laughs> but I remember standing there like, you know, as a kid out of the sand pit like this with dad with a banister brush, like brushing all the sand off the before and inside. I'm like, you know, like childhood memories getting leaf leaf blow it off to come inside the house I'm just I'm so glad you shared that as well because we're a group of women in the elite that are really ambitious and we're mm. done apologizing and feeling like we shouldn't be right yeah and yeah. so I know we've talked about this touched on this already but I wanted to ask 
how you deal and cope with those transition periods and the impact that change has on routines that we create for ourselves. Because personally, I really struggled with this. I used to give my to-do list so much power over my self-worth. And even now I'm having this moment where my two businesses now have grown really well. So my son's gone into more daycare, which he loves. And since I've been medicated for ADHD, my ability to focus has changed dramatically. My anxiety is reduced dramatically. So I'm achieving three days worth of work in one. I'm currently having to look at my entire business and my entire life and kind of restructure everything. And it was wow. a little bit uncomfortable. So how do you cope with those transition and change periods? I think surrendering is really important and giving yourself full permission to surrender to what is. Um, letting go of the need to control certain circumstances and things that come up. Example, this morning, my son got his fucking fingers caught in the daycare door and walking into daycare. I didn't have time for that. I had a nine o'clock appointment. Like there was no time for that. But surrendering to the moment and being like, you know what, if I'm 10 minutes late, whatever, it doesn't really matter because, you know, like there's little things all day that happen and instead of resisting it and being frustrated and you just got to sit in it for the moment and just release the, the need for control. We all want control on every facet of our life. That's just a natural human behavioral response. But once you learn to surrender and release and the need for that control, you just sit in that moment and you don't hold any of those big negative emotions, which is fear of shame. You know, I, I was fearful of being late because then I'm going to miss the appointment or they're not going to do what I needed them to do. And then there's shame. Like I hate being late. I hate anyone showing up to me late. So I'm going to be embarrassed when I get there. Like those normal thought processes that would have come up for me. I just dropped my bag on the floor and I just sat on the floor and I held him until he stopped crying. And I I felt better about doing that than I did about being on time. Um, But for me, a control freak five years ago, that wouldn't have looked like that. I would have been in a fucking panic me had an accident on the way to the thing you know I would have needed to get there on time no matter what that looked like for me um so I have made some massive shifts internally with that sort of behavior but in terms of um in terms of how I I guess I've learned to not let the things impact my day when things are going out of flow or you know out of out of season in and out um I think that it's just about surrendering that would be my key word surrender to what is I think that's really good and we have a lot of women in this group who are very we're in our masculine energy we're business owners we've got multiple kids we're trying to do a million things at once and that surrender is such an integral part of that feminine energy that it can be really hard for us to shift gears and allow ourselves to just take a breath and go being late to this appointment or not forgetting forgetting to send that email doesn't mean I'm the shittest human that's ever existed. You kind of got to face no. up for it, go, I can't change that. Here's what I can do. And like being anxious about it isn't going to make it any different. Absolutely. I used to hold my to-do list up to my husband like a badge of honour when he'd walk in the door. And I really, really struggled to let go of that. Um, even now I write lists all the time. Like I'm not saying lists are bad. I'm just saying that if you don't tick everything up on your to-do list, and if you do, it's not a badge of honor to wear that you've, if you've achieved or haven't achieved, you doing the day is achieving, regardless of what that day looks like. You have yeah. ended your day. Your kids are alive. You are alive. You have your health. You have, you know, your business is successful. It's not 
about finishing a little list that you've set out to achieve and then you've run out of time because things have gone wrong in that day. Um, you know, you can move it to the next day. Move the task. The task will be there tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, rip the page off, throw it in the bin, and then you don't need to feel like you don't feel anxious with it. Yeah, yeah cool. So I don't want to keep you too much longer. I know you're super busy, but I'm curious to know if there's any trend or habit or fad or anything that you just absolutely know you are never, ever going to vibe with. Mine's the 5am club. I used to do it for CrossFit. I used to get up, you know, work from 5am to 6 when my kids woke up to get work in. And I just went, you know what? No, I I want sleepy morning cuddles. I want sleepy morning sex. I'm never going to vibe with the 5am club. 5am club can fuck off for me. What is that for you? <laughs> yeah, well, it's definitely not that, you know, that I love that, that I am happy to avoid the, the morning sex and the cuddles. <laughs> Yeah, my husband could work all that out. Um, I personally, it, I saw this question when you sent it to me, and I had to think about something that I just don't love. And the only things that came to my mind were anything that that is restricting myself in any way, anything that's, I guess, nutritionally restrictive, like car- no carbs, no sugar, no this, no caffeine, no wine, anything that says like I'm not allowed to have something, I want it more. So I choose yeah. not to, not to. Um, introduce or implement into my life anything that is restrictive and that includes training regimes as well I'm I have a really balanced approach now I was um full-term pregnant with my son and training six days a week two hours a day because we were getting married 16 weeks after he was born and I in my head I wanted to fit that dress now that was only three years ago um and I was I ate fish and broccoli the day he was born I heated up my my fish and my broccolini and I ate it and I was eating that like three times a day, turkey and broccoli. I was on like ridiculous training regime, ridiculous nutritional um, diet. And it was not sustainable. And it was such unhealth, unhealthy behaviors for me to be adapting to. Um, and in that time, I I guess that I, I put the notion as that it was, I was in control. So I was successful, but really I was really out of control because I wasn't living sustainably or, you know, or, or in a healthy way that I wanted to be proud of. Um, so anything for me that is restrictive is a no-no. Yeah. Big red flag. Mm. Yeah. Awesome. So thank you so much for your time today. That's been awesome. And once again, just like affirmed for me that yes, there are people out there Who's ethically and aligned vibe is the same as what you're teaching. Aww, they are out there, thank you. you know, so where can people find you? How can they work with you? Where can they find all your good stuff? We're going to put it in an email that goes out to everyone as well. But if oh, you just wanted to share you. that here. Thank you. So Instagram is where I like to hang um, at inside out with Chris with a K um, and then Apple Podcasts and Spotify is my podcast. There's nearly 80 episodes up there. So heaps for you guys to go through, go and have a listen. If you want to hear about, you know, our episode, Money Mindset, if you haven't listened to that one, there's um, sex chats, relationship, you know, all the things, go and have a listen there. It's just inside out with Chris as, a, as it sounds. And um, yeah, that's, that's where I hang. That's where I mainly am. So go and check it's it out. It's a really good podcast, guys. I listen to it every like second time I'm getting my lashes done. Because I've got enough time to like catch up on my podcast every time I get my lashes done. I'm sitting there like totally mm. personally developed out. So no, it's awesome. Thank you oh, so much God. for your time and your energy today. And we're going to pop this into our module that goes with all the daily habit stuff. So even when, the uh, you know, in 18 months time, when this topic comes around again, everyone will be able to come out and check out this video. Thank you so much. Oh, it's been amazing. awesome chatting with you. I hope you have Thank an incredible you. day. 
You too, babe. Thank you so much for having me. No worries. Any questions that come through on the Facebook when people watch the replay, I'll just send them to you. And if you want to send a reply, then I can share that with those girls. Amazing. I would love to do that. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the sexy selfish mums manifesting wealth podcast as always we would love to hear your feedback on instagram so slide on into my dms or share a story with this episode any feedback or questions you have and if you'd like to find out more about the elite membership either send me a dm on instagram or head on over to our website and learn more about our 12 month mastermind for women in business ready to unlock the inner wealthy woman and create a business that allows you impact and income from a place of alignment and integrity. It's fucking amazing. And I would love to have you a part of it. Um, Enjoy.